fantastic game that it is we'll, we'll hop into that in just a moment uh, but here in the open i want to talk about a couple things uh, you know you can follow me uh or follow the primetime podcast on anchor spotify breaker google Podcasts, and radio public and uh, please do subscribe uh, all kinds of episodes like i said that we're on number 22 right now so 21 other episodes to check in the archive uh i'm, I'm sure if you're a gamer you'll you'll enjoy some of these sometimes i have some friends on and uh, we talk about different things, and then there's sometimes I just roll solo, like today, and uh, we're going to talk, like I said, about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but I kind of want to start off here in the open talking about nostalgia. Now, I absolutely love nostalgia, and nostalgia can come in a form of many things, like in my case right now, uh, I base this podcast off of video game nostalgia. Nostalgia, nostalgia, whichever you prefer to call it. Um, but nostalgia could be anything. It could be anything. It can be movies. It could be um, locations. You know, maybe like, for example, um, both of my grandparents on my mom's side have passed away. And they had a, a big home. And that, that, I mean, my mom, her siblings, including her, there was nine of them. And they all grew up in that home. And, um, they, you know, the home was sold and I spent many Christmas Eves and just going and visiting, uh, with family at, at the grandparents' house. And now that the house is from without or from under the family, it's gone now. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, we took that home for granted, you know, now I, a home that I have so much nostalgia for uh and would love to walk through it again i can't because it belongs to somebody else uh but it can be anything like that like i said a video game which is what we're going to get into uh a video game for example a game that you grew up playing whether it was with your dad or with a cousin or a sibling um and now when you look back at that game maybe that game isn't the best looking game uh but it still holds a special place in your heart because you have memories with it. So nostalgia equals memories, and uh, I'm I'm big on that. I'm really big on that. So that is what the Primetime Podcast is based on. It's based on nostalgia. So that's what I like to do, though. That's, that's really my main purpose for starting the podcast because I have so many stories uh, of, you know, playing video games and uh, games that I grew up with, and I just want to tell those stories, and God bless you guys who just want to listen. It's it's awesome, so I do appreciate that. So like I said, if you if you would, please subscribe on one of those platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public uh, to uh, support me on the Primetime Podcast. Now, with that aside, everyone's going uh, pretty crazy about this coronavirus. And honestly, don't get me wrong. I know it's serious. It's always serious when people have died from something. So I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, yes, the statistics show that more people have died from the regular flu than have died from the coronavirus. But still, people have died, 
And uh, it's always serious when that happens. So uh, I think what's more scary about it all, though, is how people are reacting. Um, You know, everything is shutting down and and people are going out to whether it's Walmart, Sam's Club, wherever it may be, uh, your local grocery store and and just buying up everything, including the toilet paper. I'm sure everybody has seen that. The memes are everywhere. And um, I actually thought it was a joke when I, when it first started happening. I was laughing at him on on Facebook and and Twitter. And I go out to Walmart one day, and here comes an old lady down the checkout down the checkout line, and she's got like six cases of toilet paper. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. But anyway, um, you know, people are pretty much going crazy buying up all this stuff. And and I know a, a lot of the memes surround. Like, well, why are they stocking up on toilet paper? You know, this this isn't a virus that's going to make you go to the bathroom. And it's like, no, I don't think that's why they're doing it. I think they're doing it because they're going to isolate themselves. If they stock up on toilet paper, they don't need to go out and get any more, uh, which I think is terrible. Let Save some toilet paper for everybody else. But eventually, I think this will uh, kind of slow down and you'll be able to go out to the, the store again and get the things that you need. Uh, I actually went today and just picked up a, a few extra groceries uh, because things are just flying off the shelves. But anyway, my my main point, uh, this does have something to do with gaming. I'm going to get to that. Uh, many things have been canceled. Like, I mean, March Madness was canceled, which is so sad. Um, the NBA season was suspended. The NHL season was suspended. I believe I don't. I'm not. I don't know much about baseball and MLB, but I do believe that they are also suspending some stuff. I, I don't know. I cannot. I can only imagine. Uh, WWE at this point in time has um, not canceled WrestleMania, but they have taken away uh, people actually attending it. I believe they're going to do it in front of a uh, empty arena but we'll see how that goes i i think they should postpone it honestly um same with and that's the thing like i think basketball you probably could have got away with maybe change march madness to may madness but instead people just they completely canceled it and that sucks for those seniors you know but anyway i'm sure it is the right call you know, um, like I said, WrestleMania itself, people travel from all over the world to come see that. And you don't want 70, 80,000 people in one building together, you know, up on each other. It's just a recipe for disaster. But anyway, I did see that the, um, the Doom and, uh, oh man, what is the name of that? What was the game coming out with Doom? I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. Animal Crossing. Um, I saw that the midnight releases for that at GameStop have been canceled. And that that absolutely sucks because I, not, not that I had pre-ordered either of those, but I did pre-order the collector's edition of Resident Evil 3, the remake. And that is April 3rd. So April 2nd going into April 3rd is when that would happen. And I was, uh, I'll tell you what, I know we're just a couple weeks off, but I have a feeling I'm not going to get to have a release for that game. And that's very upsetting. Um, 
because I want to play it that night. And I'm either going to have to, I pre-ordered it for the PS4, but I'm either going to have to wait and get it that next morning, or I'm going to <laughs> buy it digitally for the Xbox One. And I don't, I really don't want to do that, but man, I want to, I just want to play it so bad. This is my all time favorite game. Uh, for those of you who follow the, po- the the podcast or my, when I stream and stuff on uh, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, you guys know that. But unfortunately, uh, that looks like that is going to happen. Uh, however, I just, I don't understand that because let's say they cancel the Resident Evil 3 pre order, okay? Or not pre-order, but the midnight release. Do you not think that most of those people that were going to show up for that midnight release are going to show up at 9 a.m.? So you're going to have the same amount of people showing up at 9 a.m. that you would have had showing up at 9 p.m. Because they usually give it out a little earlier. But anyway, that is to be seen. I'm sure, though, that is what's going to happen. It seems like everything is trying to close down. And it seems as if summer is canceled. <laughs> so we're starting spring, and uh, it seems as if summer is already booked. They've, we've canceled we've canceled summer. But anyway, uh, that was that has been the open, guys. Enjoy uh, the episode of the Primetime Podcast, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. But enough talk! How about you? So Castlevania Symphony of the Night released in 1997, originally available on the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn. Uh, You can now play this game pretty much anywhere. Uh, The Xbox 360, the PlayStation Portable, uh, PS4, Android, and iOS. Um, Probably the best Castlevania game of all time. Uh, It is definitely one of my all-time favorites. If, Like I said, it's got to be one of the best. One of the best. Uh, The game begins right at the end of the 1993 game, Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Uh, You start off with the final battle as Richter Belmont against, you know, guess who? Dracula. Uh, So let me repeat that. The final battle of Rondo of Blood is the first thing in Symphony of the Night. So Symphony of the Night is a direct sequel to Rondo of Blood. And they're kind of like recapping, you know, like when you're watching an episode on like Netflix uh, they kind of do like a little two-minute recap of the, the prior episode. So that's what they do here. Uh, they did a good job, too, making it look spot-on to the ending of Rondo of Blood. But four years now has passed, and uh, Richter has gone missing, and Dracula's castle has reemerged. 
Uh, you take over as Alucard, the son of Dracula, to finally put an end to his father in his father's castle. Well, you meet Maria, who is looking for Richter and once um, was kind of like his sidekick, fought beside him. And you find out Richter is now the new lord of the castle. Uh, Maria knows that this can't be Richter. Things aren't right. That's not how he is. And she advises you not to hurt him. Uh, and we'll get into that in just a bit. But let's talk uh, about my childhood memories. Like I said in the open, this is all about nostalgia. And I do have nostalgia with this game. So my childhood memory of the game, my I've talked about these two many times on this show because they, they had a big influence on me when it came to, to video games. And that is my Uncle David and his brother Mark. Now, somebody had messaged me, and they were like, how is David your uncle, but his brother isn't? Let me explain real quick. So David is my uncle because he married my aunt on my mom's side. So, no, we're not technically blood. Um, he married my mom's sister, where it makes his brother... We... We technically called him an uncle. We did. His, his brother, Mark, we called him an uncle, even though he's really not. But anyways, these two, um, they would they would play this game. Let me turn my phone down. I keep getting notifications. There we go. Nope. There we go. My bad. Okay. So, yeah, they, they would play this game. And uh, they, they kind of had their, um, their hangout gaming day between the two brothers uh, on Mondays, and I remember um, sometimes they would be kind enough to invite me, and uh, I would go and I would just sit and watch. I wouldn't say much, I'd just sit and I would watch, because I was completely mind-blown by how good they were compared to me. You know, I'm a kid, I, I'm not I'm not fantastic at games, you know, and I still don't think I'm fantastic. I think I'm decent, but not like, oh man, I'm going to play this game and hardcore mode, you know, and stuff like that. But anyway, I would watch them. And as you, you know, I told most of you about my uncle David in the, in the Tomb Raider episode, he was the Tomb Raider guy. And Mark was the, um, Castlevania or arcade style guy. Um, but anyways, they would, uh, they're also another reason that I love strategy guides. I love to, to actually sit down and, and read a strategy guide and not just to read it, but just to explore, you know, the different items in the game and what, uh, you know, the maps. I just like to look at that stuff. It, I, I still love strategy guides and I miss them. And if they, if they put games out with a strategy guide, I still pick them up. I think the last one that I got was the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I was like, man, I can't pass this up. This game is huge and there's so much in it to read. So I did. I got it. But anyways, they had the strategy guide for this game. And one would sit there and kind of just, you know, roam the castle while the other one would check out the book and read through the book and, and see, you know, kind of put a game plan together. And I think this game is best when you put a game plan together because there's really no, hey, you got to go do this first or, you know, there's none of that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, objectives. There's really no objectives to get you going. You just kind of got to explore the castle. 
and you got a lot of back like backtracking to do. And honestly, I think it's best to have a strategy to look at a map. I mean, there's a map in game. There is a map in game, but in a strategy guide, you've got the map that tells you, okay, this is over here. This is over here. If you're looking for this, go here. That's nice. That's nice to have, but Hey, that's just the way I prefer to play it. Maybe you just want to jump in and just go with the flow. Whatever you stumble upon, you stumble upon it. That's, you know, whatever. But, um, so anyway, yeah, I used to watch them play it all the time. And I never owned the game. I just knew from watching them. I had the original Castlevanias, 1, 2, and 3 for NES. But, you know, just watching them play this, I was um, just mind blown by, you know, what this game had and, and what they were doing in it. So I always heard about the inverted castle. Even when I was um, younger, I'd always hear them talking about getting to the inverted castle. I never got to see it, though. And um, and even as I got older, I, I had heard about the inverted castle and, and all that about this game. And I didn't know if it was an extra mode. Um, I just, I wasn't sure. Like, do is it part of the game? Do you have to do it? Is it, is it just, like, when you beat the game, is it an extra mode that appears? I wasn't sure. Kind of like... I hate to use this as an example because you guys know I talk about it all the time. Resident Evil 3, um, the Mercenaries mode, becomes available after you beat the game. I thought maybe this was something like that. So a couple years ago, um, I had made a... Uh, oh man, I'm trying to think. I'd say five years ago. Five or four, I, I don't know. Anyways, me and my wife moved into our first home together that we were renting. And um, with us moving in together, she was working um, day shift and I was working a uh, midnight shift. Well, throughout the day, I'd get so bored. And once we got everything moved in and unpacked and it's like, man, what am I going to do? She's working. I, I'm bored. Uh, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make a gaming bucket list. There are a ton of games that I that I would love to that I've played that I've that I would love to beat that I never have. And Castlevania Symphony of the Night was at the top of that list. So that's what I did. I sat down to uh, to play Castlevania Symphony of the Night to see how far I could get, and I played it for a while. And I'm not sure what happened, but something come along and distracted me and pulled me away from it. Well, months later, when I'm ready to jump back into it, I can't remember where I left off, what I was doing. Uh, you know, you can look at the map on it. It shows you where you've been, but it's like, what What do I have? What, what do I need? And uh, so I just decided I'm going to restart. I'm just going to restart, and this time I'm sticking to it. Well... The same thing happened. I got so far. I got a little further than I did the, the first time. And something distracted me. I don't know if a game come out that I had, you know, maybe been, you know, excited to get a new game. And it just uh, kind of put me off again. So finally, the third time is the charm. And I sat down. Uh, and this is now years later. Uh, like, like a month ago. Not even a month ago. I finally sat down. I said, I'm doing it. 
you know, we, we moved out of that old home into our new home. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm crossing this game off my bucket list. Okay. So I'm taking my strategy guide. I'm reading the guide. I'm like, okay, so the inverted castle is a part of the good ending. Uh, you can end the game and not do the inverted castle, but who wants that? I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Right. So to get to the inverted castle, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Richter Belmont is the new Lord of the castle. And Maria tells you that, hey, this is not him. Something's up. He's under a spell. Okay. And you have to go find the gold ring and the silver ring. Once you get those, Maria will then give you these holy glasses that you put on in the final boss battle. The You guys can't see it, but the quotation, final boss battle uh, with Richter. Now, if you're wearing these glasses in the fight with him, you'll see an orb floating above his head. You need to attack it and not him. Because if you if you don't wear the holy glass, you don't see that orb, then you're, you attack him and the game ends, you killed him. He's, it, you know, it was unnecessary. Uh, it wasn't his fault. And Dracula still reigns. But if you get the holy glasses, you attack the orb, you find out he was under a spell. Now you head into the inverted castle and you got to do a couple more things before you eventually take on Dracula. Okay. Now, I think the inverted castle was so much easier when I finally got to it because you already have like the, the power of the bat and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the mist where, you know, you can use that to your advantage. And if you know what you're doing, it can come in handy, especially when you come onto a screen where there's a bunch of enemies use that mist and just fly right by them. Or if, you know, enemies can't reach the ceiling, fly above them. Sometimes you can, uh, you know, cheat the system. But anyway, uh, I did. I went to the, um, I did the inverted castle. I beat Richter with the holy glasses. Um, and, you know, it's pretty cool when you get to the end of the game, the Richter battle, and you see um, the castle keep like it was in the beginning of the game when you were re like when you were recapping Rondo of Blood and you see like that battle with Dracula and you finally get there at the end and you see it all again it's all beat up you know it's all because it's old four years have passed four years not can happen in four years but I got in the inverted castle I went through the inverted castle and uh, I ended up fighting Dracula and beating him um, and I got a I got the ending that I was looking for believe there's three there's three different endings i think there's the one where you just defeat richter and that's it uh the one where you just defeat dracula and then there's the one where you get i think it's 200.6 percent of the game completed and then beat dracula but anyway um i think both endings just beating Dracula are the best ones. I, I feel like if I would just do the easy way out ending without the holy glasses, I'd feel like I'd feel empty. And that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, man, I can't do that. I, I feel like I didn't actually beat the game. But um, so, yeah, I like I said, this was on my bucket list and I I've enjoyed this game. And it was like when I saw the credits roll after I beat it. 
it was like a like a sigh of relief like ah i finally put this game to rest it's such a fantastic game though and i just i do i have memories of it as a as a kid and the the way i got this game as i mentioned i didn't have it back then but one day my uncle david he he gave it to me he gave me that and the strategy guide and i still have both of them to this day the same exact that same game and that same strategy guide and um that's what i used i used it to beat the game and it was is very satisfying uh to me anyway but let's get to the soundtrack of the game uh the soundtrack is fantastic i i mean probably the best soundtrack in a video game ever ever fight me on that fight me on that um just i cannot find a a song on this soundtrack that is bad i can't it's impossible but um yeah my gosh i man we could talk about it all day just the soundtrack itself uh and you'll hear some of the music throughout this podcast once i go in and i edit um most of this but yeah i just such a great soundtrack and one day i did not know this because maybe many of you might not know this, but if you take the original Tomb Raider game and you put it in a CD player, it will play sounds from the game and clips from the game. And I think the cutscenes and the music and stuff like that, where I thought, man, what if I put Symphony of the Night in the CD player? Am I going to get that full soundtrack? Because that'd be great. Uh, you don't get the full soundtrack, but to my surprise, you do get the voice actor of Alucard telling you, um, not to be playing this in a CD player, but, um, and then you do, ha you do get a hidden track and it's, it's, I mean, it's not the full soundtrack, but it's pretty cool. It's not bad, but anyway, uh, yeah, just a, an all around fantastic game. I cannot recommend this game enough. Uh, if you're a Castlevania fan, I'm sure you've already played this game or you've heard of it. There's no way you haven't heard of it, but what? a fantastic game that they they say this is like this is where the term metroidvania comes from if you've ever played metroid on the nes the original metroid um the way that the plat the platforming of the game is is very metroid like and uh, in, in symphony of the night uh you know climbing or you know going from side to side side scrolling and then vertical screens where you can go up and down uh, it's very Metroid-like, but then it's got that Castlevania mix, and that's where that term Metroidvania comes from. But yeah, I, I can't recommend the game enough. Honestly, if you guys have never uh, played this game, find it. As I mentioned earlier, it's on the original PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, the 360, um, PlayStation Portable, PlayStation 4, Android iOS. I believe the Android and iOS versions are newer and I can't speak on that. I can't imagine that, though, being the best way to play it. Just, um, and the PS4 version also, I'm not, I think the PlayStation Portable version as well, they changed the, the voiceover. And that's not cool, man. Like, I understand some of the voiceover, when you look back at it, you're like, well, it's a little cringy. But, man, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, the beginning when they're recapping where Dracula's like, what is a man? You know, a miserable pile of secrets. You know, he's like, what enough talk. Have at you. It's just great stuff. Great stuff. And I'm sure I will put that in here somewhere, whether you've already heard it in the beginning or whether you heard it 
uh, in the middle, wherever it may be. But anyways, keeping the new trend here on season two of the Primetime Podcast, it's time for video games Unsolved Mysteries. Tonight on Video Games Unsolved Mysteries, Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, Bigfoot. Gamers have spent hours on hours searching for Bigfoot in the countryside woods of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Bigfoot's name appears in the thank you section of the game's credits. This sparked interest and message boards were booming with the topic. Some claiming to have seen him, but most photos looking doctored or just not convincing enough. Co-founder of Rockstar, Terry Donovan, has said in an interview that there is no Bigfoot. However, there is something in the woods. This created even more buzz in the GTA community and even more hours spent searching for what might be out there. Executive producer for San Andreas, Sam Hauser, said he, as a joke, did include Bigfoot in the game, but he was asked to remove it by his boss. He did go on to say, though, that he kept it from his boss and left Bigfoot in the game in case testers wanted to roam the woods. It is said that players searching for him have a 1 in 10 chance of finding him. So the next time you roam into the countryside woods of San Andreas, just know, you aren't alone, and it's hard to tell what's actually roaming these virtual woods. Is it Bigfoot? Alright guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Primetime Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to cut this outro short and play a good bit of the soundtrack from this game, because like I had mentioned, it is probably the greatest soundtrack to a video game in my opinion. So thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the Primetime Podcast on many of the platforms that I had mentioned earlier. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.
As you can see, this is a PlayStation black disc. Cut number one contains computer data, so please don't play it. But you probably won't listen to me anyway, will you?